Hello everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me, the podcast where I take characters real or imagined, and I fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz, and today we are going to be turning Sonic the Hedgehog into a D&D character. Wow, for that intro, can I even say I take characters real or imagined? Because I did the Titanic last episode, and that's a boat. Meh, whatever. I'm not changing it. If the noise isn't great in this episode, it's because I am not recording where I usually record. This is the first episode that I am recording out of my house. I am currently in Portland, you know, a few thousand miles away from where I live. Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine. And I am staying with friends in their apartment. So I'm just kind of in their living room while the two of them are away recording my little podcast. So if the sound is a bit wonky or there's background noise, I can't really do much about it, but I still wanted to record and get an episode out. So Sonic the Hedgehog, he's blue, right? He's, he's, a, he's a blue hedgehog who can move like very fast. I remember I used to work at a Barnes and Noble in the children's department, and there were these two kids having a heated debate over Sonic the Hedgehog, and one of the kids goes, why can he go so fast? And the other one very smartly replies, because he's blue. And I love that so much. So I'm going to say the reason Sonic the Hedgehog can run so fast, like these Sonic speeds, is because he's blue. I think that's it. I think that's all the backstory you need. No, Sonic the Hedgehog is the protagonist of the Sonic the Hedgehog video game series published by Sega. Appears in numerous spin-off comics, animations, other media like the live action movies with uh, James Marsden, Ben Schwartz, Jim Carrey. The original Sonic the Hedgehog video game was released in 1991 to provide Sega with a mascot to rival Nintendo's character Mario. You know, from the Mario games. But that game, Sonic the Hedgehog, was not the first appearance of Sonic the Hedgehog. His first appearance was in a racing arcade game also developed by Sega called Radmobile, or Rad Mobile. I'm not sure mobile can be said different ways. Anyway, it's a racing game, and Sonic the Hedgehog appeared as an ornament hanging from the driver's rear view mirror. So not like a playable character or anything you could interact with, but you can find Sonic the Hedgehog hanging there uh, just a little bit before the first game release. Now Sonic is one of the world's best-known video game characters and a gaming icon. In 2005, Sonic was one of the first game character inductees into the Walk of Game, which is an attraction in the United States honoring the icons and pioneers of the video game industry. And he was inducted alongside Mario, Link, and Master Chief among others. But while Sega was seeking a flagship series to compete with Nintendo's Mario series, a bunch of character designs were submitted by its R&D department, research and development department. And many results came through, including an armadillo, a dog, a kind of Theodore Roosevelt lookalike that would later be the basis of Dr. Eggman's design or Dr. Robotnik's design. 
Naoto Oshima took some of these internal designs with him on a trip to New York City and sought feedback by asking random passerby at Central Park their opinions. The most popular one was a spiky teal hedgehog, initially codenamed Mr. Hedgehog. Oshima felt that people selected Mr. Hedgehog because it transcended race and gender and things like that, and I love it. And on returning to Japan, Oshima pitched this to the department, and the hedgehog was ultimately selected as the new mascot. The design of Sonic was aimed to be something that could be easily drawn by children and be familiar and just, just be like kind of cool. And something I learned, which is very interesting, Sonic the Hedgehog's personality was based on then presidential candidate Bill Clinton's get it done attitude during the 1992 presidential campaign. So that's, that's something. That's something. Sonic the Hedgehog, his personality is based on Bill Clinton. And that is, uh, that's fun for me. So there's another person that helped in the creation of Sonic, Yuji Naka, who developed an algorithm that allowed a sprite to move smoothly on a curve by determining its position with a dot matrix. Don't really know what that means, but essentially Naka's original prototype was a platform game that involved a fast-moving character rolling in a ball through a long, winding tube. This concept was subsequently fleshed out with Oshima's character design, so Naka and Oshima are generally credited with the creation of Sonic the Hedgehog, because, you know, they pretty much created him. Sonic was created without the ability to swim because Naka believed that hedgehogs couldn't swim. So that's another that's another little little fun fact. Why can't Sonic swim? Uh, because the creator didn't think that hedgehogs could swim. Obviously. Why can he go fast? Because he's blue. Why can't he swim? He's a hedgehog. All good things. So now we have a little bit of background of Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's pick a background. I, I didn't read too much into the actual video games because reading about the lore of video game characters is really difficult when they have been in a lot of games. Like, I didn't read too much into the Skyrim character that I did, Shiograph, because he's been in like three or four games, and there was so much lore that it would have taken me so long to read through all of that, and then regurgitate it in a kind of digestible amount for this podcast. Not doing that with Sonic. So let's just assume what he was doing before he was like an adventurer and a hero. I think he was just a guy. You know, I think he was just like a little guy. He was blue. He was a hedgehog, and he could go fast, but I don't know, maybe he was a mailman, huh? Yeah, like a little, like a little mailman. Let's see, how about... What background seems fast? You know what I mean? What background do you see and you're like, oh wow, they must be like really swift. Like, far traveler because they travel far? Actually, no, I love that. Nailed it in one. I am so good at what I do. Okay, far traveler background from Sonic. Of course he travels far. He's got the speed of a of a uh, freaking typhoon. So far traveler, he's going to gain skill proficiencies in insight and perception and tool proficiencies with any one musical instrument or gaming set of your choice. Uh, I think we're going to go with gaming set. We're going to be a little meta here. I think he's going to be proficient in Sega. Yeah. 
specifically the Sega Genesis, because that was the console that the first platform game Sonic the Hedgehog came out on. Beautiful proficiency in Sega Genesis, and he also gets a language of his choice. You know Sonic's at least bilingual. So we will pick that once we have his race, but from the Far Traveler background, we have proficiencies in Insight, Perception, and a Sega Genesis. Very fun. Now let's move on to race. There is no hedgehog race, which is a great disappointment. So I think we're just going to look for a race that's fast. So I have a few ideas in mind. First, centaur. Because most races have a walking speed of 30 feet, centaurs start with 40 feet, 10 feet faster than what I would say is the normal speed. But I don't know if that really feels right to see him as a centaur. Like, can you imagine a centaur rolling into a ball? How would that even work? His spine would just snap. It would be a complete mess. So then I was thinking maybe like wood elf because they have a uh, 35 movement speed. But you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I think I am going to choose Minotaur. But like a little Minotaur. Because Sonic the Hedgehog is only 3 feet 3 inches tall. So he's a little guy. So he's a Minotaur, but he's small and blue. For a Minotaur, his walking speed is going to be 40 feet. So we are going to start with that 40 feet we would have gotten for a Centaur. I just think a Minotaur makes more sense because it's also kind of like an anthropomorphic animal. You know, it's half man, half bull. And while Centaurs are half man, half horse, they're like, they're very horse, you know? There's a lot of horse going on down there, and I do appreciate that, and centaurs are traditionally very sexy, which I also very much appreciate. I think, I think Minotaur is just more fitting. So there's a couple different Minotaur races that I'm seeing. I'm just gonna go with the one that has 40 feet of walking speed, because the other one only has 30, and we're not gonna F around with that, right? Okay. As a Minotaur, he's gonna gain plus two to strength and plus one to constitution. I'm probably going to mess with that a little bit, and depending on how he rolls, I'm gonna put that plus two to strength into dexterity instead because I don't see him as very strong. I see him as dexterous. As a Minotaur, he's going to gain dark vision. Love that. With a powerful build ability, he counts as one size larger when determining his carrying capacity and the weight he can push, drag, or lift. Not especially useful for Sonic, but that might help him hold all of his gold rings because in the games he collects gold rings. He also has the Monstrous Reputation ability, so he's going to gain proficiency in Intimidation. The last ability he gets is called Gore, which I really like. So he can make an attack with his horns, causing 1d8 piercing damage plus his strength modifier. And if the target is a creature of the same size or smaller, it must succeed on a DC 12 strength saving throw or be pushed 5 feet away and knocked prone. One of the reasons I like this ability is because when Sonic the Hedgehog is gonna slam into someone, he turns into a ball and then slams into them. So I think this is a fun D&D translation. He can't really turn into a ball, but he still does have an ability where he can slam into people. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. And he can potentially just knock them on their ass, which I also love. For languages, he's going to gain Common and Abyssal. But we have another language of our choice from the Far Traveler background. So let's see, Common, Abyssal, and... 
let's see, Sonic the Hedgehog is supposed to be like really cool. So it's like a really cool race. Um, Halfling. I feel like Halflings are pretty freaking chill. Beautiful comment, Abyssal and Halfling. Now that we have his background, Far Traveler, and his race, Minotaur, we can roll for stats. That's when you take a d6, a six-sided die, roll it four times, then drop the lowest number, add up the remaining three to get one of his six ability scores. So we're going to do that six times. Okay, I rolled for Sonic, and wow, okay, he got 17, 6, 17, 17, 12, and 14. <laughs> That's so good. I love when they roll well. I mean, it's also pretty funny when they roll terribly, but 10 is about what an average person would have in anything. He got three 17s. The highest you can get is an 18. Three 17s. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. That is art. Now let's put those where we think they should go. So the highest he rolled, he has three 17s. I think obviously dexterity. He is exceptionally dexterous. So we really have to highlight that. I am going to take that plus two from strength and shift it in to dexterity. So that's going to become a 19 or a plus four modifier. Excellent there. Then we have another 17. Let's do constitution because if he's going to be turning into a ball and slamming into things, he's got to be pretty hardy, right? So he gets a plus one to that from being a minotaur. I'm not going to change that at all. So that becomes an 18, which is also a plus four modifier. Now I'm looking at the remaining stats and I don't think strength is going to be a 17. I don't particularly think intelligence is going to be a 17. So it's down to wisdom and charisma. Let's see, I'm trying to think, because I have, I think I, I played like one Sonic the Hedgehog game when I was a kid on GameCube, I want to say. It might not have been, but okay. If he's moving at such fast speeds, I think wisdom will be really helpful because that's what's used to determine perception. And you gotta be really perceptive so you don't immediately crash and die. And we don't want Sonic the Hedgehog to immediately crash and die. So next highest is 14. Let's put that into Charisma, which is a plus two modifier. Then we are going to have 12 into Intelligence, which is a plus one modifier. And last we got a CX, which is very bad, but we can just throw that into Strength. That can be his dump stat. And a six is a negative two. So terrible strength. He can't lift worth a damn, but he can run really fast. So I think fair trade-off. So his starting stats are six strength, 19 dexterity, 18 constitution, 12 intelligence, 17 wisdom, and 14 charisma. So very good stats. He's starting with two plus fours and a plus three. Those are all excellent. And they're just going to go up as he levels. So let's freaking get into it. What class do we think Sianic the Heratrog is going to start in? So I think we're going to start with Rogue. What is Sonic the Hedgehog if not a lovable rogue? <laughs> uh, so he's going to gain proficiency in light armor, in simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. 
He's gonna gain proficiency in thieves tools. He's got those dexterous little mitts. And he's gonna be proficient in dexterity and intelligence saving throws. Beautiful, I love that. He's also going to choose four skills from acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. So we gotta do acrobatics. Then let's do, hmm, I think sleight of hand. Two more. How about, I don't think deception is really fitting, and he already has a proficiency in insight, intimidation, and perception. I don't think performance is really fitting. Let's do persuasion, because I feel like Sonic is the kind of person who would rather talk it out than fight. And then one more, I guess let's do... No, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see, I don't really see stealth. Although I do kind of like the idea of he's just moving so fast that you can't see him. So, okay, I will do stealth. I convinced myself very easily. Wow, okay. So he's starting with seven skill proficiencies. That's very fun. So as a first level rogue, he gains expertise, which is one of my favorite class abilities. I just love expertise so much. It's just very fun. So for this build, I'm really just gonna try to get Sonic as fast as I can. He, I just want him to be crazy swift, okay? Just, just zipping around the battlefield, punching people in the face, and just slamming into them when he, uh, you know, turns into a ball. So that's fun. So expertise, Sonic is going to choose two of his skill proficiencies, or one of his skill proficiencies and his proficiency with thieves tools. And his proficiency bonus is going to be doubled for any ability check he makes that uses either of the chosen proficiencies. Double proficiency bonus. So I'm thinking it's gotta be acrobatics. So let's double that proficiency. The proficiency bonus at first level is plus two. He has plus four to dexterity, so that means he has a plus eight in acrobatics. He's so good at doing cool flips and stuff and like parkour. Sonic the Hedgehog's great at parkour. And let's also do perception because I don't want him to crash. Wisdom's not quite as high as dexterity so he only has a plus seven to perception. Doing great, doing great. He's also going to gain sneak attack. So once per turn, he can just deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature he hits with an attack if he has advantage on the attack roll. And the attack must use a finesse or a ranged weapon. So if he attacks someone with like a rapier, he can just potentially deal an additional 1d6 damage to them. Or like a crossbow. He doesn't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target's within 5 feet of it. That enemy is incapacitated and he doesn't have disadvantage on the attack roll. So that's fun. That's fun. Just like an additional D6 that he can uh, potentially do. So sneak attack is a very fun ability. I, I think rogues are a really common multi-class because you get a lot of cool things at the early levels, including thieves can't. So it's another language. It's a secret mix of dialect, jargon, and code that Sonic can use to hide messages in seemingly normal conversation. What's cool about Thieves Can't is only another creature that knows Thieves Can't can understand Sonic's hidden messages. 
and I kind of like to imagine it as Sonic is moving so fast that only other creatures who can move that fast can understand what he's saying. It's not just Sonic's legs that move really fast, his mouth can also freaking run. Anyway, let's go second level in Rogue to gain cunning action. This is the main reason I wanted to go into Rogue. With Cunning Action, he can now take a bonus action on each of his turns in combat to dash, disengage, or hide. And I really wanted him to be able to dash as a bonus action. Because already he has a movement speed of 40, on his turn he can dash as an action, and then bonus action dash, and move 120 feet already. And we're just getting started. You know it's going to be a lot faster once we're done. You know it is. So now third level, I think third level we are going to multi-class into monk. Because monks are crazy fast. Crazy fast. So now as a first level monk, third level overall, he's going to gain unarmored defense. And I think this makes a lot of sense for Sonic, because he doesn't wear armor, he just got gloves and shoes. Which, I mean, bold style choice. I can probably pull it off, but I think it's frowned upon in public spaces. Anyway, unarmored defense, while he's wearing no armor and not wielding a shield, his armor class is going to be 10, plus his dexterity modifier, plus his wisdom modifier. Well, he's got plus 4 to dexterity and plus 3 to wisdom, so his armor class is going to be 17. 17. That is potentially higher than a lot of 20th level characters, and if we end up increasing his dexterity or wisdom at all, it's just going to get higher. Very fun. He's also going to get martial arts. So he can use dexterity instead of strength for the attack and damage rolls of his unarmed strikes and monk weapons, which is very useful because he has a negative 2 to strength, but a plus 4 to dexterity. That's going to be really helpful. Sonic doesn't use weapons. Again, he just hits into people, so those unarmed strikes are going to be really useful for him actually doing damage. He can now roll a d4 in place of the normal damage of his unarmed strikes or monk weapon, and that die is going to get higher as he levels up in monk. And honestly, I'm looking at it now, and I think we're going to stay in monk until 20th level. It might be a little boring, but you get some really cool things with the monk class and your movement speed just, it gets so high. And that's what I want for Sanic. I want Sanic's speed to just be so high, you know? Also, when Sonic uses the attack action with an unarmed strike on his turn, he can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action. So if he punches someone, hey, he can punch him again as a bonus action. Second level in Monk, fourth overall, he's going to gain key. So he has a number of key points equal to his level in Monk. So right now he has two, and he can spend these points to fuel various key features. He starts knowing three features, flurry of blows, where immediately after he takes the attack action on his turn, he can spend one key point to make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action, as opposed to just one. So very cool, he can flurry of blows and attack three times in one turn. He can use patient defense, where he can spend one key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action on his turn. And lastly, there's step of the wind. He can spend one key point to take the disengage or dash action as a bonus action on his turn, which might not sound useful because with cunning action, he can do that without spending a key point. 
but with Step of the Wind, his jump distance is going to be doubled for the turn. I don't know if that's going to be especially useful for Sonic, but he's got the option. And I love options. Also as a second level monk, he gains unarmored movement. That's right, his speed increases by 10 feet while he's not wearing armor or wielding a shield, which he's not, he's pretty much naked. So his speed of 40 is going to automatically be boosted up to 50. Now if he uses an action to dash and a bonus action to dash, he can move 150 feet. Incredible. Third level in monk, fifth overall, he's going to gain deflect missiles which is very situational, but it's it's not a bad ability. So when he's hit by a ranged weapon attack, he can use his reaction to try to deflect or catch the missile. So the damage he takes from the attack is going to be reduced by 1d10 plus his dexterity modifier plus his monk level. So 1d10 plus 7 at the moment. If he reduces the damage to zero, he can catch the missile if it's small enough for him to hold in one hand. And if, you know, he has a free hand to catch it in. And if he does catch a missile in this way, he can spend one key point to immediately make a ranged weapon attack with the weapon or piece of ammunition he just caught as part of that same reaction. So if someone shoots an arrow at Sonic, he can potentially snatch it out of the air and just whip it back at them in one fluid motion. Very fun. As I said, it is situational because, you know, it only works with ranged weapons and it uses your reaction. But hey, I think it's a fun option to have as a reaction. A DM tip. Try to put in opportunities for your characters to use their abilities that they don't often get to use. So if I had a player who's a monk, I would attack them with arrows all the time, arrows and spears, and just let them catch them out of the air and throw them back at the attacker because that's fun as hell and won't mess up or really change the game at all, but it'll make them happy. Also as a third level monk, they're going to gain their monastic tradition or their monk subclass. So what monk subclass do we think would fit for Sonic? What do we think is the fastest? You know what I mean? Like which one seems very fast? And you know what I think we're gonna do? I don't know if this is entirely fitting, but I've shoehorned explanations into this podcast all the time before. I'm not going to let that stop me now. I think we are going to go with the way of the astral self. Starting at third level, he's going to gain the ability Arms of the Astral Self. Now as a bonus action, he can spend one key point to summon the arms of his astral self. And when he does so, each creature of his choice that he can see within 10 feet of him must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take force damage equal to two rolls of his martial arts die. His martial arts die at this point is 1d4, so they'll take 2d4 damage. Oh, and I should have mentioned for all of his key abilities, they use wisdom for the saving throws and attack rolls if they have them. So it's just 8 plus his proficiency bonus plus his wisdom modifier. Proficiency bonus at 5th level goes up to plus 3 and he has plus 3 to wisdom. So it's a key save of 14. That's just going to get higher if we increase his wisdom and when his proficiency bonus goes up as well. Back to Arms of the Astral Self. For 10 minutes, these spectral arms that Sonic summoned are going to hover near his shoulders or surround his arms, his choice. He can determine the arm's appearance and they vanish early if he's incapacitated or he dies. But while the spectral arms are present, he gains the following benefits. He can use his Wisdom modifier in place of his Strength modifier when making Strength checks and Strength saving throws. 
How amazing is that? He has minus two to strength, but plus three to wisdom. That means that is a plus five swing in the opposite direction for strength checks and strength saving throws. Incredible. He can also use the spectral arms to make unarmed strikes. So if he has his arms full of something, he can still attack with the spectral arms. When he makes an unarmed strike with the arms on his turn, his reach for it is going to be five feet greater than normal. Also, the unarmed strikes he makes with the arms can use his wisdom modifier in place of his strength or dexterity modifier for the attack and damage rolls, and their damage type is force. Well, his dexterity is higher than his wisdom, so I don't think we're really gonna use that. But the reason I chose this is because I know in the game, like as written, he has his regular arms and then these two kind of illusory yet physical appendages as well. But for this fiction, I'm going to flavor it as he's just moving so fast, it looks like he's got extra arms. And I know what you're thinking, Zach, that's so goddamn clever. And you're right. You're right, it is. Uh, yes. So let's go into fourth level monk, sixth overall, and he is going to gain an ability score improvement. So he can increase one ability score of his choice by two, or increase two ability scores of his choice by one. Or he can pick a feat, which is like a special ability that they can gain. But I think we are going to increase his ability scores because it works perfectly here, we can put a 1 into dexterity to bump that 19 to a 20, which is a plus 5 modifier, so dexterity is maxed out. And then we have one point left over that we can throw into wisdom, which is a 17, which gets bumped up to an 18 or a plus 4 modifier. That is incredible, because if you'll remember, because of unarmored defense, his armor class is 10 plus his dexterity modifier plus his wisdom modifier. We increased both of those modifiers on this level up, so he gains plus 2 to his armor class. He now has an armor class of 19. That's potentially better than, like, fighters and paladins. That's so cool. And when a character that isn't wearing armor or not wearing heavy armor has a really high armor class, I like to flavor it as they're just so fast that they're really hard to hit. So I've had my players fight characters that are really fast and not wearing armor, but their armor class is so high, they're so hard to hit because they're just running around. They're just running around and real good at dodging. So that is a really awesome ability score improvement. I, I don't know if we're going to use any other ability score improvement to actually improve his ability scores, because I'm looking at them now and they're so pretty. They're, they're real gorgeous. Striking, I think is a, is a word for them. They are striking. Anyway, also as a fourth level monk, he's going to gain slow fall. So if Sonic the Hedgehog is, say, pushed off a cliff, he can use his reaction when he falls to reduce any falling damage he takes by an amount equal to five times his monk level. So right now he can reduce that damage by 20. That is very good because max falling damage is 20d6 or an average of 70 damage. He can reduce that by 20. So he can potentially fall the maximum amount and take only 50 points of damage and just get up and keep doing the hedgehog shit. Like, clean himself with a little tongue. Hedgehogs are so cute. As a fifth level monk, seventh overall, he's going to gain extra attack. So now he can attack twice instead of once whenever he takes the attack action on his turn. So if you'll remember, he also has flurry of blows. So he can 
attack twice and then use a bonus action and just spend a key point for Flurry of Blows to attack twice again. Also at this level, he's going to gain Stunning Strike, the monk's bread and butter. It's just such an overpowered ability and I love it. So when Sonic punches someone in the face, he can spend one key point to attempt a Stunning Strike. The target has to succeed on a constitution saving throw or be stunned until the end of Sonic's next turn. One key point. He has five of those, so he can attempt to stun someone five times. He can attack them, stun them, and then it says they're stunned until the end of his next turn. So when his turn comes around again, he can potentially just stun them again and keep them completely stunned until he fully takes them out. Such a powerful ability. I feel like it should cost more than one key point. Like they do make a constitution saving throw, but Sonic has plus four to wisdom. And with his proficiency bonus, he now has a DC of 15. So I think he's going to be stunning them quite a lot. His unarmed strike also increases from a D4 to a D6 of damage. Sixth level, his unarmored movement is going to increase to 15, so he now has a movement speed of 55, just getting faster and faster, and he's going to gain key empowered strikes. So his unarmed strikes count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. So he can just like punch ghosts, you heard it here first, folks. Sonic the Hedgehog can punch ghosts. He's also going to gain a monastic tradition feature from the Way of the Astral Self entitled Visage of the Astral Self. So now as a bonus action or as part of the bonus action he takes to activate his arms of the Astral Self, he can spend one key point to summon a visage of his Astral Self for 10 minutes. The spectral visage will cover his face like a helmet or mask, and you determine its appearance. So, I don't know, I think they might look just like sick goggles, you know? Because he's moving so fast, he doesn't want anything in his eyes, so just like sick goggles. Does Sonic the Hedgehog wear goggles? I should know this, I just looked at so many pictures of him. In some of the pictures, he was impregnated by Shadow. In some of them, he was impregnated by Tails. In some of them, he was impregnated by Knuckles. In some of them, he was impregnated by Spongebob. I really should have turned my safe search on before looking at pictures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Anyway, no, he does not wear goggles. Wow, that was a tangent. Anyway, while this spectral visage is present, Sonic is going to gain the following benefits. He's going to gain Astral Sight, so he can see normally in darkness, both magical and non-magical, to a distance of 120 feet. He already had dark vision, but only out to 60 feet, and he couldn't see through magical darkness. Now, he can. He's also going to have Wisdom of the Spirit, so he's going to have advantage on insight and intimidation checks, both of which he is proficient in. So advantage on those checks that he's proficient in is going to be so good, he's hardly ever going to fail those checks. And he's also going to gain Word of the Spirit. So when he speaks, he can direct his words to a creature of his choice that he can see within 60 feet of him, making it so only that creature can hear him. So that's really cool. If he's like coordinating with someone, he can talk normally, but have just them hear him. Or he can amplify his voice to be so loud that all creatures within 600 feet can hear him. Could you imagine just like hearing from 600 feet away? Gotta go fast! That'd be terrifying. Sonic is so swift, it would just be a matter of time before he's upon you. 
Moving on to 7th level in Monk, 9th overall, he's going to gain Evasion. An incredible ability. So Sonic is just so fast and good at evasive maneuvers that when he's subjected to an effect that allows him to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, he instead takes no damage if he succeeds on the saving throw, and only half damage if he fails. Well, he has plus nine to dexterity saving throws, so chances are he's gonna succeed. But this is awesome. If someone like throws a grenade at Sonic the Hedgehog, he can potentially avoid all damage. It's such a cool ability, it's so fun. Sonic is also going to gain Stillness of Mind, so he can now use his action to end one effect on himself that's causing him to be charmed or frightened. That is so good. Being charmed is truly awful. Being frightened is truly awful. Now, Sonic doesn't really have to worry about that. Good for him. I'm, I'm happy he found peace. Now, as an 8th level monk, 10th overall, he's going to gain another ability score improvement. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you know what one we're going to take because it just makes the most sense. We are going to take Mobile. Mobile is one of my favorite feats as, you know, if you listen to this podcast enough, you are sure to know that. But what Mobile does is is going to increase his speed by 10 feet. So he now has a walking speed of 65 feet. Remember, most characters will have a speed of 30. He has more than double that now. When Sonic uses the dash action, difficult terrain doesn't cost him extra movement on that turn. So if someone's like, oh, I'll slow him down by like tearing up the ground in front of him, Sonic can use a bonus action from cunning action to dash and just race over that with 130 feet of speed. Also, what I love about this feat specifically with Monk is that when he makes a melee attack against a creature, he's not going to provoke opportunity attacks on that creature for the rest of the turn, whether he hits or not. And what I like about this is even without spending a key point, Sonic can attack three times twice as an action, and once as a bonus action. If he spends a key point to use Flurry of Blows, he can attack four times. Ninth level in Monk, 11th overall, he is going to gain Unarmored Movement Improvement. So now Sonic has the ability to move along vertical surfaces and across liquids on his turn without falling during the move. Sonic can frickin' run on water and run up walls. How? cool is that? How cool is that? And that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, Sonic can do that. He's so fast. Of course he can. 10th level in Monk, 12th overall. He's going to gain purity of body, which just means he's immune to disease and poison. Those, those effects don't often come up in my experience, but when they do, they are a pain in the ass. They're terrible. Who wants to be poisoned? Chances are, not many people. And now Sonic doesn't have to worry about that. You know, he can just eat trash and not worry about getting an upset stomach. I'm pretty sure is what that means. 11th level in Monk, 13th overall, he's going to gain another monastic tradition feature from the Way of the Astral Self called Body of the Astral Self. So now when Sonic has both his astral arms and his astral visage summoned, he can cause the body of his astral self to appear with no additional action or bonus action required. The spectral body is going to cover his physical form like a suit of armor, connecting with the arms and visage, and Sonic is going to determine its appearance. I think Sonic's astral self is Sonic, but like with a dump truck ass. You know what I mean? Like everything else is exactly the same, but he's just added on an entire 
bakery full of cake. So while his spectral body is present, he's going to gain the following benefits, deflect energy. So when he takes acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, or thunder damage, he can use his reaction to deflect it. And when he does so, the damage he takes is reduced by 1d10 plus his wisdom modifier. So 1d10 plus four. That is not a great ability. You use your reaction and it can reduce the damage you take by an average of like nine. That's, that ain't great. But he's also going to have empowered arms. So once on each of his turns, when he hits a target with the arms of the astral self, he can deal extra damage to the target equal to his martial arts die. So his martial arts die at 11th level went up to 1d8. So if he hits with his astral arms, he can just deal an additional 1d8 damage. That's not great. Wow, that is not a very good ability. Oh well. Oh, also the previous level, 10th level, his walking speed increased. So now he has a base speed of 70. Wow, Sonic, that's so good. We're going to go 12th level in Monk, 14th overall. That's another ability score improvement. So let's pick another feat. Let's pick another feat that kind of uh, exemplifies swiftness. Hmm, I kind of think that might be observant, but I don't know if I want to give him observant. Maybe I do. Hold on. I think we are going to choose Crusher. Just because I think Crusher is really fun with a monk. So first of all, we can increase his strength or constitution by one. So let's, I guess, bump up his constitution from an 18 to a 19. That doesn't change the modifier at all. So it doesn't do a ton for us. But now once per turn, when Sonic hits a creature with an attack that deals bludgeoning damage, like with his unarmed strikes, he can just push it five feet away to an unoccupied space provided the target is no more than one size larger than him. So he can just be facing down this large monster and slam into them so hard that they are just thrown back five feet. That's awesome because that means Sonic can potentially just like push them off a cliff. What's really cool about this is they don't have a saving throw. You hit them and they move. Also, when Sonic scores a critical hit that deals bludgeoning damage to a creature, attack rolls against that creature are made with advantage until the start of his next turn. So the best case for this would be if Sonic had his allies around him because then they would all gain advantage. But also Sonic might get lucky and score a critical hit on his first attack and then the rest of his attacks will be made with advantage. I really like the idea of Sonic just running around the battlefield so fast and just shoving people and having them be so confused because if he pushes them, he can just run past them and he can't get an opportunity attack against them or anything. How are you going to hit Sonic? You can't see him. 13th level in Monk, 15th overall, he gains Tongue of the Sun and Moon. So now he can understand all spoken languages. Moreover, any creature that can understand a language can understand what Sonic says. So he can't communicate with animals that don't speak a language, but if a creature speaks just one language that Sonic doesn't know, he can still communicate with them and understand what they're saying as well. That is a very cool role-playing ability. Doesn't help so much for combat or for, you know, the incredible speed we've given him, but it's, it's just really cool. It is, it's, it's really cool. Next level, 14th and Monk, 16th overall, he gains Diamond Soul, which is so awesome. He just has proficiency now in all saving throws. Before it was just dexterity and intelligence. Now it is all of them. So we can say goodbye to that negative two to his strength saving throws. 
proficient in all saving throws. That's just so cool. It's like, oh no, his intelligence isn't great, but he's still gonna have plus six to those intelligence saving throws. Also, whenever Sonic makes a saving throw and fails, he can spend one key point to re-roll it and take the second result. If you'll remember with evasion, if he succeeds on a dexterity saving throw to avoid damage, he's not gonna take any damage. So say he fails his dexterity saving throw, he can spend a key point to re-roll it and potentially succeed and avoid all that damage entirely. 15th level in Monk, 17th overall, Sonic the Hedgehog now has a timeless body. And doesn't he just? I mean, you know, he's been around for 31 years and his age on Wikipedia was still listed as 15. So, oh my god, and he got this as a 15th level monk. Ah, it's freaking kismet. So he can't be aged magically. <laughs> he can still die of old age, but he doesn't suffer any of the frailties of old age. Additionally, he doesn't need food or water anymore. He can just live on a mountaintop or in a cave or, I don't know, just save money on his dates by not eating and just watching his date while they eat. Very romantic-like. 16th level in Monk, 18th overall, another ability score improvement. Now I think I am going to give him Observant, because I feel like giving him Crusher was a pushing the limits of my bullshitting to kind of give reasons why that made sense for him, but I think Observant really does. Because as I said in the beginning, when he got, you know, the proficiency and expertise and perception, it's really important for him to be able to know where the hell he is going, because he's moving so fast. So now we can increase his intelligence or wisdom scores by one to a maximum of 20. I think we're going to increase wisdom from an 18 to a 19, which is still a plus four modifier. But now if Sonic can see a creature's mouth while it's speaking a language he understands, he can interpret what it's saying by reading its lips. What's really fun about this is that Sonic can understand every language, which means Sonic can read anybody's lips. How cool is that? Oh, Sonic. I, I am realizing I did give him proficiency in stealth, so he would make such an incredible spy. He just, you know, with his plus 12 to stealth, just sneaking around, he can hide as a bonus action. But also, he's going to have a plus 5 bonus to his passive perception and investigation scores. So passive perception is what another creature has to be on their stealth check to hide from Sonic. What passive perception is, is 10 plus your perception modifier. Well, Sonic has expertise in perception, so he has plus 16 to perception. With a plus 5 bonus from Observant, that means he has a passive perception of 31. Sonic is never going to crash. He's never going to crash. His eyes also move at super speed, just taking in everything, observing his surroundings so quickly. He's able to dodge every obstacle, and I love it for him. Sonic, you're so good at using your eye meat. Now for 17th level in Monk, 19th overall, he is going to gain a monastic tradition feature, and this one is actually very cool. It's called Awakened Astral Self. As a bonus action, Sonic can spend five key points to summon his astral arms, his astral visage, and the body of his astral self. Remember, the one with the huge ass? And awaken it for 10 minutes. 
while his astral self is awakened, he's going to gain the following benefits. Armor of the Spirit means he's going to gain a plus two bonus to armor class. Well, his armor class right now is 19, so he's going to have an armor class of 21. That That's so good. That is so high. I have, I have like high level players with armor classes of like 15, and that's after I gave them items to increase their armor class. And he has 21 with this ability. Very cool. The last ability he's going to get is called Astral Barrage. So now whenever he uses the extra attack feature to attack twice, he can instead attack three times if all the attacks are made with his extra arms. So that just means he's going to get an additional attack. So with Flurry of Blows, he can potentially attack five times in one turn. And now at this point, his martial arts die is 1d10. So he can be dealing 5d10 damage. And actually, with his body of the astral self and his empowered arms ability, he can deal an additional martial arts die in damage once per turn. So that's potentially 6d10 damage every round. 6d10 plus 25. <laughs> Sonic can just, oh, he can just punch so fast. That's so cool. That's, that's really fun. Now, 18th level in Monk, 20th overall, he gains Empty Body. So now Sonic can just use his action to spend four key points to turn invisible for a minute. He's just going to be invisible. During that time that he's invisible, he's also going to have resistance to all damage but force damage. Additionally, he can spend eight key points to cast the Astral Projection spell without needing material components. And when he does so, he can't take any other creatures with you. So I think this really works with the way of the Astral Self, because now he can project that visage of Sonic with that huge ass. And I just think that's really important for him to be able to do. And it's great because turning invisible is just really freaking cool. It costs four key points and he's invisible for a minute. I really like the fiction of he's not actually invisible. He's just moving so fast that he might as well be. I mean, it doesn't really matter because when he has the body of the astral self up, the clapping of his ass cheeks for sure is going to give away his position. But anyway, that's Sonic. That's Sonic the Hedgehog, and I barely talked about his butt, only like five or six times, and you're welcome for reining it in. I also should mention that at this point, his speed has gone to 80 feet, so it doubled from what it was. Started at 40 feet as a Minotaur, 80 feet now, and that's just his base speed. That means if he dashes as an action and use a bonus action dash, he can move 240 feet on one turn. And because of mobile, if he dashes, difficult terrain won't cost him any extra movement. And also, he can run up walls. He can run 240 feet straight up. You might be thinking, oh, I'm safe from Sonic the Hedgehog. I live on the 10th floor. You absolute fool. You absolute stupid piece of shit. You're never safe from Sonic. Is too fast. So Sonic the Hedgehog, the Sega mascot, for background, he has Far Traveler. And I am realizing that that is the same background I gave in the previous episode, but oh well, it's fine. For race, he is a Minotaur, of course, because there's no Hedgehog race. And I was tempted to homebrew one, but it would have to be very specific because I don't think a Hedgehog race would be intrinsically fast. 
you know? So I just went with Minotaur because they are fast and they can push people down when they hit into them. He is a level two rogue and a level 18 way of the astral self monk. His ending stats were six strength, 20 dexterity, 19 constitution, 12 intelligence, 19 wisdom, and 14 charisma. I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't have taken the crusher feat and instead bumped up constitution and wisdom, but oh well, I think it's fun that he can shove people. For skills, he has plus 17 to acrobatics, plus 10 to insight, plus eight to intimidation, plus 16 to perception, plus eight to persuasion, plus 11 to sleight of hand, and plus 11 to stealth. Wow, so good. Because of observant, his passive perception is 31. That's, oh, that's incredible. To just kind of drive home how high that is, Sonic has plus 11 to stealth. That is double digits. He would still have to roll a nat 20 to hide from someone with Sonic's passive perception. Just, just wild. For saving throws, he's proficient in all of them. So he has plus four to strength saving throws, plus 11 to dexterity saving throws, plus 10 to constitution saving throws, plus seven to intelligence saving throws, plus 10 to wisdom saving throws, and plus eight to charisma saving throws. And if he does fail a saving throw, he can spend a key point and just re-roll. That's so awesome. Languages, he has common, abyssal, halfling, and thieves can't. For tool proficiencies, he's proficient in the Sega Genesis and Thieves tools. For feats, he has Mobile, Crusher, and Observant. So my idea of Sonic the Hedgehog, okay, Dr. Robotnik's up to his shenanigans again. I'm gonna say that Dr. Robotnik captured Sonic's human girlfriend named Madonna. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they originally proposed to kind of flesh out Sonic the Hedgehog by putting him in a rock band, giving him vampire fangs, and a human girlfriend named Madonna. But Sega of America were like, absolutely not. And they scrapped all of that. But in this reality, Madonna was taken. You know what? It's just Madonna. It's just the actual singer Madonna was taken and Sonic is a really big fan. So he goes to save her. Yes, exactly. That's what's happening. Madonna was taken. Sonic is racing after Dr. Robotnik. Unfortunately, Dr. Robotnik has all of these robots standing in Sonic's way. Sonic is completely undeterred. He honestly is just singularly focused on getting Madonna back. So he just turns invisible. He just spends four key points, turns invisible for one minute, and just, just with a speed of 80 feet, he can dash and dash as a bonus action. So invisible, moving 240 feet around. Now around in D&D is six seconds, 240 feet in six seconds. That means if he's invisible for a minute, he can run 2,400 feet before he becomes visible. He can go almost half a mile in that one minute. That is, that's so far, he's so fast, I love that. And that's just while he's invisible. So no one even knows that he's there coming after Madonna. He can avoid fighting entirely. And even if the invisibility does wear out, he has plus 11 to stealth. So he can still potentially sneak around. And if he doesn't want to sneak, he can just run up to a robot, punch it in the face, 
run up to another robot without risking an opportunity attack because of the mobile feet, punch that robot in the face, run to another, punch that robot in the face, run to another, punch that robot in the face, and use the crusher feet to just shove it backwards. Sonic has now made it to Dr. Robotnik's evil lair, which just happens to be in a skyscraper, because Dr. Robotnik is feeling very confident having stolen Madonna. Dr. Robotnik is also like, okay, this is awesome. There are so many traps in this building. I am on the top floor. Sonic is going to get just destroyed by this freaking meat grinder-like gauntlet I have placed in this building. And as he's thinking that, he just sees this deadpan Sonic bursting through a window covered in this glowing astral visage. And Dr. Robotnik is like, wow, Sonic, your ass looks amazing, before Sonic proceeds to punch him to death, saving Madonna and therefore the world. And I think bursting through a window after having run up the side of a building that someone wasn't expecting... I might consider that a sneak attack. Just throw an additional 1d6 on it. Why the hell not? So uh, that's an average of, what, 51 points of damage? Even without that sneak attack, it's still 48 points of damage that he can do every turn as long as he has one key point to spend on Flurry of Blows. That's, that's insane. And it can be force damage as well. So few creatures have resistance to force damage. So I like to think Sonic is zipping around this room and he keeps using the crusher feet to move Dr. Robotnik closer and closer to the window that Sonic bursts through until Sonic uses his freaking gore ability that he gets as a minotaur to slam into him and knock him the hell out of that window. Dr. Robotnik, of course, gets away because he has, like, a jetpack or some shit, but it's, it's very, like, cinematically satisfying. And then Sonic runs off into the sunset with Madonna. Unfortunately, he runs away so fast that she dies in his arms instantly. And anyway, so that's Sonic! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fantasize Me, Portland edition. <laughs> Just because... You know, I'm recording it in Portland. Follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod and email in character suggestions to FantasizeMePod at gmail.com. Sonic the Hedgehog was another fan-submitted suggestion. I love them. It can be whatever you want. It could be from a video game, from movie, from TV. I don't think I've done many book characters yet, but I think they can also be objects like the Titanic last week's episode. So please send those in. I want to see what fun things you come up with. The email is fantasizemepod at gmail.com. I want to hear them. Please send those in. Over on my Kofi, kofi.com slash fantasizeme, I'm doing a fundraiser for Ukraine. You can check out my commissions there, and I can make you custom stat blocks, custom monsters, or even PCs, like I do in this podcast. And then the lovely at DMS Creations on Twitter will make artwork to go with whatever I create for you. And all proceeds of that will go to the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. So please check that out. I haven't gotten a commission there in a long time, which is a bummer because I like to think I'm very good at making monsters or pretty much whatever you want me to make you. I can make it a stat block. If you're like, yeah, I want like a, a turtle, but it explodes. I'm like, 
yeah, I can freaking do that, and you get artwork to go along with it, and the money is going to help Ukraine. So check that out. Again, that is ko-fi.com slash fantasize me. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate five stars, do all the things, and tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your friends' enemies. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll do this again next week. Bye.